This impactful conversation is brought to you by Say Things Better, a method of intentional communication developed by Lila Smith. I met Lila on LinkedIn and we immediately connected due to her open heart and wisdom. She helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders to make impactful choices for their communication. The Say Things Better messaging framework is the way she managed to build her own following of over 25,000 fans. Follow Say Things Better on LinkedIn and connect to Lila through her website at saythingsbetter.com. Hey everybody, this is Corey coming to you from Chicago. I am an entrepreneur, I am a mentor, I am a networker, I am a more, more than anything else, I'm a human being that's here on earth trying to make life better for all of us and I'm incredibly pleased to be here with all of you and with my dear friends, so hi. <laughs> it's so great to have you, Corey. Thank you for accepting my invitation to be my very valued guest. So listen, I want to jump right in and I want to ask you something. Um, because we've been talking even previously, even today, you know, before we start, we were talking about the law of attraction and we were talking about how incredible that is. So tell us just, um, I don't know, tell, tell us one case when the law of attraction absolutely blew your mind. Well, um, I'll get into the quick story from last night in a moment, but I'll tell you how scary it is first, maybe two, two years ago or so. My wife said that she wanted a new vehicle. Uh, she just decided that she wanted a new car. And uh, she just kind of, you know, put that out there. And don't you know, the very next day, our car out of the blue caught fire and blew up in front of our house. And like, there's still scorch marks on the tree uh, years later. Um, you know, the police and everything had to come. And so we had to go get a new car the next day. And, and she described the exact car that she wanted. And uh, we went to the dealership and that car was there. The price was right. Um, she's done that with, with couches and, and, and things of that nature. I was telling you right before we, we began taping that last night she said that she wanted new massage sheets. She's a massage therapist and not wanted, she needed. She needed new massage sheets. I said, sure, no problem. There was a thud at the door and it was raining and, you know, we had two big dogs and we, you know, we didn't really think anything of the thud until we went out to run an errand. Uh, she was getting ready to leave the country this morning. And uh, right at the front of our door, there was a bag um, I, I showed you earlier. I can always use it as a prop, but of massage sheets, you know, quite literally. So, oh, my God, there are sheets. So, hey, they seem like a good size. Let me see the picture on it is massage therapist. And uh, they actually say massage sheets on them. Typically, we don't even get her massage sheets. We just get her regular sheets and she uses them. This one has a headrest, in it, a headrest cover in it that she needs. And um, it's just really bizarre. We don't know where they came from. It seems very strange. I told her I'm worried about smallpox or you know, it, it, it's a, a message like, you know, I know where you live kind of a thing, but um, it, it really does just seem to be the law of attraction. And, you know, yourself and myself and many people in our network, we do just consistently try to put good out and try to, you know, put ourselves out there and, you know, expecting uh, nothing necessarily, but, but expecting good things and, and co-creating reality. And I think through that lens, uh, yourself, myself, others in our circles, um, are starting to realize that we absolutely can have what it is that we want and need, especially when we, when we align our frequencies and vibrations and just tune into, you know, how to be part of something bigger and how to, you know, be, be part of the, the solution, not the problem. I mean, so many different ways that you can look at it. But I think that you and I have both been, been proven by life and, and by, by whatever people want to call, you know, the God presence in their life that this is real. So if it's not real for people watching this or listening, that, then I, I respect their reality. But uh, it would be impossible for someone to tell me that the law of attraction is not real because I've experienced it so many times in my life. That's absolutely incredible. The two examples that you gave us, Corey, and definitely I've, I've witnessed that on, on myself. I'm going to tell a short story about this as well. Um, last year when I had my kids, you know, that I had to run from home to kindergarten and then to to work and then backwards in the morning I was just thinking oh how I would love my dad to call me you know right now and just take the kids to the kindergarten and I was you know I didn't want to disturb him because it was pretty early in the morning when I was thinking about it it was six and something a.m. 
And then in less than 10 minutes, he calls me and he says, you know what? I was thinking about surprising you today and just take your kids to the kindergarten. Now, eat that. You know, if that's not the law of attraction, and that didn't happen only one time, I swear, every time that I thought that, and every time that I didn't want to bother him, he would call back and he, or he would just show up at the door, you know, just to take the kids uh, to the kindergarten. So it's, it's definitely something that is working. But as we were discussing previously, I think that it's very important that we become aware of it and that we want to embrace it, right? I think also people kind of get caught up on, oh, they want good, they want good, they want good, they keep getting bad, keep getting bad, keep getting bad, and they say, well, this doesn't work. Well, two things. One is to want something is an experience of lack. So, you know, they might be creating that reality anyhow. But also, quite often we get what we need, not what we want. And quite often people need bad things to happen to them so that they can be prepared for the even better. They'll never get what they actually wanted without going through it. But when people kind of stop at that and say, oh, this doesn't work and throw their hands up or energetically just decide, you know, they're going to go with the bad flow. If you go with the bad flow, it's going to take you in a bad direction and there's going to be more and more bad there, right? I mean, and it's truly all vibratory. It really is all part of a whole. And if we look at things like the yin yang or we look at different precepts and concepts, mm. a balance does have to exist. So if you resist bad, I mean, you know, it's, there's so many different ways to slice it. But I think at the end of the day, the proof really is, is self-evident and i think people that do you know awaken to this epiphany find others like yourself and myself we found each other and others that can affirm this you know with actual real life scenarios and you know i probably have if i really had to think hard i've probably got over a hundred times that i could quite literally prove the law of attraction you know happen momentarily instantaneously and sometimes not sometimes it's taken years and you know years yeah. later you say well look that house was on my vision board like that's the law of attraction, right? It's, you know, quite often we really do need to set up a foundation and, and, and go through different, different steps and, 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 and unfolding and kind of just a, a shameless plug for your book. Your book really actually kind of goes down a lot of the, the, you know, that type of things too, where that's not a coincidence, you know, like, aha, you know, you really wanted to see some, some things happen and they did because of all the right reasons, right? Or against all the odds even. I think that's another strength and power of the law of attraction is it doesn't need to make sense it just needs to work and when it works over and over and over i mean what are you going to do <laughs> you know you're right and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned it because it's actually going against everyone or against you know old rules so to say because when everyone t tells you that you're crazy for doing that and that you're never gonna succeed on something like that you know how i i had my book launch then proving them wrong is it's something absolutely incredible and definitely if you want it bad enough then it's clear that the universe and the higher energies whatever people believe in you know just come together and help you achieve it that that's for sure but here comes you know another question of mine which i like to to ask all my guests um it's pretty explanatory from your answers but i would like you know the um, the listeners to find out from you precisely what do you think you know in probably in more detail about the power of choice because I, I do believe that we all have them even uh, even about believing in in the law of attraction or, or not we can choose to we can choose to not but what's your take on that what do you do you think about it um, I was just talking to a gentleman before our call who has uh, mental health issues and, you know, very, very gently because you don't want to, you know, give, give tough love to someone that can't handle it. But, you know, I was kind of letting him know as well that in every moment, every moment we make a choice of what we accept as being true, what we accept as being important, what we accept as being uh, a priority, right? And, and we do create our reality from that. If, if I decide... I don't want to get into too many weird examples, but you know, what we choose to worry about is, is what, what, what ends up being worrisome. And they say that one of the leading causes of cancer is stress. And you know, I lost my mom just a few years ago to cancer. And I truly believe that, um, that her stress caused her cancer. And not to say that it, it was so easy for her to have just decided not to be stressed out. I understand people have real stresses, but I do think in any given moment, 
we always have a decision to make. We can always choose to be positive or negative. And what does that look like? I mean, if you're complaining about things to me, that's negative. If you're, if you're, if you're wishing you had what other people had to me, that's negative. And so I know what I consider positive and I try to make that positive decision every moment, you know, um, I've got office work that needs to be done. I choose to do this video with you instead because I thought, I thought that was a positive thing, you know, and it always, we always, when we choose to eat a meal, that is that positive or negative? Well, maybe it depends on what we're putting in our body, but I do believe that every moment is a choice. Some of them are very subconscious. Do we take a breath or not? That's a choice. We've all so far made the choice to take a breath every moment in our life. Otherwise we would have been dead. Right. But um, I, I do think that it's that, it's that trivial, but also that important that every moment we're making a decision to be positive or negative and whatever that looks like. And the more that we tune in, because those are both vibrations, right? They're both frequencies. The more that we tune into the positive, the more positive that we have uh, reason to be thankful for and grateful for, and the more positivity that we see and the more positive outcomes uh, that come as a result. So um, that's kind of my take on the, on the power of decision-making. That's interesting. I, w I was very caught up in what you were saying. Um, but surprisingly, on the way, I lost my thought <laughs> track of thought <laughs> because I wanted to ask you something else. Um, but let's just put it this way. Um, how do you relate it to choices, right? You said that we, with every second we have a choice to to you know discern actually between the negative and the positive and uh, we can choose what to to feed into our lives now if there were someone coming to you and ask you how they can feed the good instead of the bad you know um i mean probably a person that is in that moment when they're kind of feeling a bit lost what would you advise them in order to find the good for them, first of all? So what works for me that I often re recommend to people, and you know, you have to be somewhat in the right space to receive this, but for me, it's just breath control. It's really that important, just taking a few minutes to actually feel and experience your breath. You know, take it in and literally feel what it does to your, to your physiology. And, and you can really tune in to breathe in the positive. Dave Crane talks about this a lot and then breathe out the negative. And I do believe that that's one way that people can just reset themselves in just a few moments. There's a great book uh, by Ram Dass, Be Here Now. And, you know, it, it can really put you into the being. If you understand, you know, I have people literally, it, it would blow some of your listeners' minds to know how many people a day reach out to me and go, Corey, I'm so sorry I didn't have a chance to comment on your last LinkedIn post. Or is that, oh my God, Corey, I can't believe I didn't respond to your email. And say, oh my God, I'm so sorry that that was at all of a thought for you. I didn't, I don't care. I didn't notice. I would have, I've never gone through a post, you know, and seen who liked it or commented. Oh my God, this guy didn't comment. People worry about these things. And I think that once you give yourself that freedom to not worry, like we're going to miss comments, we're going to miss tags, we're going to miss emails, we're going to miss phone calls, we're going to miss meetings, we're going to miss deadlines we're going to disappoint some people in life. And I think once you can just say that kind of with a smile in your soul, we're going to disappoint people. Cool. Well, then now it doesn't have to be a negative or a stress when it happens. It's like, oh yeah, I, I knew this was going to happen. Maybe that I created this reality, but you know, it's really just kind of managing your own expectations and really understanding what it is that you want to consider to be a truth because we all have our own set of truths that we live by. Uh, one thing that really blows my mind is that everything that we're seeing we might be seeing it the right way, but when it enters our mind and when it enters our body and when it enters our eyes, we see it upside down. It literally flips the image on the screens behind both of our retinas. And so our mind auto-corrects for that. It says, wait, no, the table is not on the ceiling. You know, I, I, the, the sky is not below me. And our, 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 our entire psyche is able to, to correct that. So if we can correct seeing everything upside down, you know, it's kind of like people that are dyslexic can correct single letters and then start to actually see them in the right way, although their mind is probably, you know, initially putting it in the wrong way. It's the same way with our reality. When we choose to see the good, and then we see the good. When we choose to see the bad, we see the bad. And so it's difficult to tell someone that's caught in that rut of no one loves me, I can't do anything right, no one's ever going to hire me. It's hard to tell them to just take a few deep breaths, appreciate what you have, tune into the good. And I mean, 
that often upsets them. Uh, but but there are people that are willing to receive that, and when they do, I've literally seen people's lives change in, in a number of seconds. So like, oh, just take a few deep breaths and be thankful for, for the moment, or just exist and, and accept that this bad stuff I'm going through is is part of my reality, and, and accept that it could be different soon. And then it's just, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> I needed that. Um, and then the reality is different. So, so I do think that it's, it's something where it's not for everyone. You can't just tell anyone, take a few deep breaths and smile. Um, you know, some people don't, don't resonate with the fake until you make it, you know, mindset yeah. uh, and, and things like that. But I, I think I've now seen it enough times effectively with not only uh, myself and people in my close circle, but more generally uh, that I think for, for me, that's a strategy that, that's worth implementing. That's very interesting. And, you know, I, I don't know what to reply to you on that because it's, it's definitely making sense, you know. But I want to ask you this because um, I, I know a part of your story, you know, about your background and everything because you've been so transparent um, on social media and you're not being afraid to be yourself. How did you come to this very point where you started to, um, to accept who you are, to accept and understand the law of attraction, and to just be transparent to everyone? Is it how you always were, or was it something shifting in, in, in your daily life that changed that? So I would say it's a combination of both. Um, I definitely have not always been like this, but I've probably always had some of the traits in the innate within me. Um, I, and I've never been shy. I've never been bashful. Um, I, I, I was a recording artist for a number of years, both a hip hop artist and a punk artist. And when I was a punk, you know, I was a lead singer, lead guitarist on my band and I wrote all the songs. I would literally strip down to my underwear usually, you know, and I sometimes we'd play for up to thousands of people in the audience. And so there's, you know, they say no shame in my game. I've never had shame in my game. My high school had 4,000 people and I ran for student council president as a joke. So I literally spoke to like 3,000 students in an auditorium and told them, I'm like, don't vote for me. I'd be the worst president ever. I just want to holler at you all. You know, I'm like, and I got so many votes that I actually didn't win the uh, president, but I made it to student council, you know? So I started on student council for a year, but I, I've, I've always been kind of that goofy guy with no shame. I'll get up and do anything and say anything. So that's always been kind of part of me, but so many people that are shy, I, I coached that, you know, coached them out of being shy. So it's not something that, Oh, lucky Corey, he's always been this way and, and it's working for him now. Um, but for me, and honestly, I think what, what snapped in me and what's helped me to kind of get to where I am with my companies and, you know, our, our, I mean, people now know we've been raising money, we've been making money, we've been hiring like crazy. Like, it's, it's fantastic for someone like myself that was homeless 20 years ago eating out of the garbage cans, like to think that I could literally cash in for double digit millions of dollars right now, you know, and, and I'm on, you know, my... I own the companies, but, but I'm also an employee. I'm on salary. I'm on, you know, life is good, as they say. Um, but that all happened for me when I stopped caring what anybody thinks about me, period. I, don't, I just don't give a damn. Um, if you want to judge me, that, like, by all means, judge me. Like, I don't care. And when someone wants to judge you, but you don't care, their judgment becomes a lot less powerful, right? Like, it's not an act. I just really don't care. The people that talk bad about me, I just don't care. As long as they're not physically threatening the, the safety of my family or, you know, anything like that. Um, I just don't care. I don't care if people, you know, hear that I was homeless and, and they have a certain perception. I don't care if people, you know, lately the new thing is people are telling me I only care about, um, about likes, likes on uh, LinkedIn. Oh, you only care about likes. Oh, like, like, first of all, I don't. Second of all, I'm very grateful that I've had posts that get a lot of likes. You know, it definitely establishes me as a, as a thought leader in my space. And, you know, as an influencer, as they like to say. Uh, but I think everything that's working for me right now is a result of not caring what people said. Because to be, to be candid, if I, if I listened to what other people said and cared what they thought about me, I would have never started my company. I had hundreds of people saying, oh, you can't do that. You, don't, you, you didn't finish college. You, you, you don't know how to code. You know, all the, all the different stupid things that people wanted to say. And, I, you know, that's cool. I, I appreciate that. Thanks for your input. I'm still going to start a company. Well, three years later, we have you know, almost 30 employees and we have thousands of users and, you know, it is what it is. But, um, but I, I think a lot of people get really caught up on what other people think and say. I think with you, people probably told you you couldn't write a book. You couldn't do it in time. You couldn't get it out. But it's okay. That's what you guys think. I think I can. And so, you know, history has now, you know, claimed a victor in that one. Your book's out. And it's amazing. And people are <laughs> loving it. So, you know, so I think a lot of people just get caught up 
uh, too much in, in what other people think, or even worse, people get caught up on what they think people will think about them, or what they think people will say about them. And it's you know if, if that's your reality, if you're if you're claiming that, if you're if you're accepting that as reality, and it happens, like I can't even feel bad for you. You've literally just I mean, love attraction isn't just hunky dory. It's not just we get the good stuff we want. Like just want good stuff that'll happen. No, it's 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 an equal opportunity, uh, you know, power and vibration. So if you, if you know bad stuff's going to happen and the bad stuff happens, you can't tell me that you were right. Like, see, that's why. No, no, no. That's why, because that's what you said. We, we, we speak reality into existence. We think reality into existence. We breathe reality into existence. We expect reality into existence. And, you know, so many people know their life is going to suck and then their life sucks. And that it's hard for me to feel so bad for them, but I still, the, the, humanitarian to me wants to help them in any way I can. So if it's mindset, if it's believing in them, if it's, you know, hugging a stranger, I've, I've got a guy downtown Chicago, homeless guy on the streets and uh, he needs medicine. He can't administer it. So, so I literally get on my hands and knees and help him get his medicine when I see him. And, you know, people literally stop or come after me afterwards like, Oh my God, why did you do that? And continue to help, <laughs> you know? Um, and you know what I don't necessarily tell them in the 10 second exchange on the streets is I was that guy 20 years ago. And if people would have helped me, you know, my medicine, I might not have been so sick. And, you know, there's no, I, I don't wish anything had ever been different in my life. So I'm glad people didn't really stop to help me when I was in a similar situation, but having been there, you certainly have an understanding on, on what you wish would have been done differently. Just like my companies, I went through an accelerator and a post accelerator. They both sucked. They did nothing for my company. So now I'm starting an online, uh, accelerator so anyone can start their company and it's just everything I needed and wanted my accelerators to be but they weren't right so like we can learn I think that's where people really you know they, they get caught up in this poor me poor me everything sucks it's like well wait what if everything sucks and poor you poor you for the moment so that you can you know be a phoenix and and, and rise out of this ashes and flames but also so that you can help other people what if you literally have to go through hell for 10 minutes so you can help a thousand people never have to go through hell that was the best 10 minutes of your life in my, in my <laughs> opinion. So that, it's kind of just a different mindset. That's true. And someone else told me something uh, two years ago. Well, in uh, December 2017, Richard Pryor taught me um, something very valuable. I was actually getting depressed because I was a, about to spend Christmas on my own, the first Christmas in my life then uh, that I was alone. Um, and for some reason, even though before we have just talked about music and stuff like that, I just felt like, you know, talking to, to him that evening. And uh, throughout our com conversation, at some point, he asked me this, that will stay with me for the rest of my life. He asked me this, what if you felt a bit better in this moment than you actually feel? How would that feel? And it was so confusing when he asked me, but you know definitely the first outcome was that i would i would definitely feel better you know and he said there you go that's the attitude that's where you have to look from now on and i think that's that's the point where everything shifted from me you know even if i've been looking for years for for some answers but starting that evening i think that everything accelerated as you said into the into the process you know and well, here I am today in 2019. Luckily, things didn't. <clears throat> I had I had a time where uh, negative things that would just line up, lining up and lining up one after another. And then in January, first uh, of January 2018, I decided that I want to embrace whatever comes to me, and that was the best decision that I ever made in my life. You know, it's like. Ever since everything just started happening in a positive way, I started seeing things in a more positive way. So that's, you know, how shifts happen, right? <laughs> that's right. By the way, by the way, I just recalled it uh, about uh, when shift happened. You just had a brilliant video on that. And I just can't help but, but talking a bit about the concept behind that video. This, this syntax when shift happens, I think that everybody resonates with the actual word behind the shift, you know, mm -hmm. in this very, very phrasing. But how did you come to this very, to this very phrasing and to the concept of that vi video for Shadwell? It's absolutely brilliant. I swear I laughed with tears. <laughs> oh, I still I'm so glad. That. 
Well, we, we figured we needed something that was going to be a little bit fun, uh, you know, that showed the product and the functionality without being too silly because our name Shedwell is already a little bit silly for the work <laughs> schedule and, you know, things of that nature. Um, but my CMO was brilliant. He came up with the entire concept. Uh, but the tagline shift happens is actually uh, Evan Duran, who's a friend of ours on LinkedIn, called me one day and I was getting ready to go into a, a board meeting with, uh, with the C-suite for a, for a billion dollar company that we're going to be partnering with. And um, they just announced actually the partnership a few days ago. So it's, it's really cool. But this is like a few months ago. It was my second time or maybe even my first time it was my second time going into the boardroom with their C-suite, but it was first time bringing my team with me, right? So we all had ties on. We were all taking it really seriously. And, uh, and he called. I was waiting for, my, for some of my directors to show up. And I was downstairs. I like to go in together, right, like a, like a, like a team. And um, Evans called me. He was in Texas. It was Corey. I just had to pull over to the side of the road and call you. And, you know, I, I don't typically take calls that aren't on my calendar because my time is so heavily partitioned. Um, but I saw he was calling. I said I'd take the call. He goes, I was just driving down the highway in, in, uh, in Texas and I saw a billboard for, and I think he, I think it was a plumbing company actually, or something or trucking companies. And, and it said shift happens. And I just, I thought that has to be for schedule. And so I had to pull over and call you so you can use it if you want it. And so Evans, I love it. At first he goes, I don't know if you're going to like it or if, if, if you're going to hate it. And he said, told me, I said, Oh my God, I love it. You know? And so then uh, I said, you know, we talked for a few minutes. I said, I got to run. I've got this board meeting. And, um, so my team showed up and I told them that, and uh, my CMO is an old, I don't want to say he's older, he's my age, <laughs> but you know, he's, um, his, his mentality is a little bit more old school, you know, especially when it comes to business and marketing. And, mm -hmm. and I said that to him and you could see for like the first half a second, he didn't like it. Then you could see his eyes kind of coming. And then you saw him smile and he goes, Oh my God, I love it. I said, yeah, right. It's kind of perfect. So it's not original. It came from a friend of mine who saw it from another company, but, they, they weren't in the scheduling space and uh, you know, I figure it's, it's not trademarked or copywritten. So, uh, and that, you know, they're, they're again, probably just law of attraction. That just came to me and we just absolutely love it. We think it's fun. You know, we're, we're getting into the on-demand ship fulfillment space as well. So, you know, if a company needs a temporary worker in their market that's qualified, they can push a button and get them as well. So we really are in the whole shift space and the shifting workforce. And, you know, we're, we're really hoping and helping you shift, uh, the, the way of thinking about shift work. So uh, it just works for us on so many levels. That's brilliant. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I just love the video. Seriously, I loved it to bits. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that it is pretty difficult to get the word out there, but that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand. Let me tell you about a new show that I came across lately. It's called One Nation Radio and is that kind of show that simply unites the entire world through the voice of the host. So just go ahead, give it a listen and support John Gora who is a new podcaster and will definitely appreciate it. Get ready for the free global app that works for you. WorkApp is set to revolutionize the way people connect in their personal and professional lives. Finally, there's a one-stop shop to help you post jobs or gain employment. Would you like your very own digital shop without any fees or charges? A global messaging service. And you can also post all types of events and courses and you can buy, sell or rent any items you wish. WorkApp is a global platform that helps you find what you need, when you need it, without any costs or delays. So sign up for this exciting new service today. WorkApp works for you. So here's what I want to do. I want to flip the script. I want to shift the script um, to you. I want to interview you for a second. Where do you see yourself in five years now that you're starting to 
author more and more books and, and come up with more and more curriculum. I mean, it seems as though you are on a crash course for something pretty big and cool. Uh, so, so let's, let's, let's spill the beans. Are you serious? Oh my God, you're in my show. Why, why are you interviewing me? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> because I can. <laughs> yes, sir, you can. That's true. <laughs> um, but you're right. You're definitely sensing something on the vibrational level, if we may address that. Um, there's a lot of things happening, and they're positive for sure lately and someone last evening just told me that it's gonna happen so fast that you won't even realize what hit you and it's it's fortunately is so true that i definitely can't believe it i won't say what what's going on because i will be putting out something really really soon um but in five years to answer your question in five years i see myself on a stage um you know i think as um as a public speaker, even if I'm still afraid of public speaking. But you know what's interesting? That it's not the manifestation. It's, it doesn't necessarily need to come from us. Because at some point, the friend that pushed me to, to go for writing, at some point uh, during our walks, he, he told me, you know what? In a few years, you're going to be on a TEDx uh, talks stage. And I was like, dude, are you you know, are you serious? Why, why would you say that? I never spoke in front of people ever in my life. And he said, because you will be there and you'll be sharing your story, how you became, you know, um, how you came from your background to where you are today. And to my surprise, last year in December, I took my, my first step towards public speaking, uh, to, you know, the, the launching of global woman, um, business global woman event in Romania. Um, and again, it's not that I just took this chance, but I was the first one to speak there. So it's like, it was like a double premiere, so to say. Um, and then I just put myself in the mouth of, of the wolf, so to say, with my book launching, because I organized it. No one told me to do that, but I did it for several re reasons. And one very serious reason was to, once again, defeat my fear of public speaking, you know. And by the way, I need to publicly thank you for being there for me in, in my book launching evening on the panel, um, along with other amazing people. So that's how, you know, my career in public speaking, so to say, in quotes, started. Um, but other than that, I have an interviews book coming out, so I can speak about that. Um, but that would be in the near future. Um, and where I see myself, are you, are you trying to, to make myself set my intentions right now? Because that's what I feel. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's always good to speak things into reality and, that, and to have that accountability. Um, I will say that I did foresee you being uh, on the TEDx stage as well. I think you're going to have a TED talk. Um, I think that that's definitely, uh, going to happen probably within the five years. Uh, but I also feel like I see you as a professor. I feel like I see you teaching a class probably on like, you know, something like on writing, but, but as a way to kind of get to know yourself or something like that um, as well. Yeah, don't, don't make me put too much of this out there. <laughs> because what's coming is related to that for sure. Um, and yeah, you know what? Okay, fine. Just okay, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, I'm going to put out a course, a writing course for children. Um, and that will definitely be, you know, mingled with personal development. That's, you know, actually the course will be, um, ah, you make me give everything out here. Um, the course is called uh, Holistic Creative Writing for Children. And um, I will be working with children groups from 6 to 11 or 12 and probably with adolescents as well. But I'm still to figure that out. Um, yeah, so that's one of the projects <laughs> that no, will, be, yeah. will be revealed very soon. And in I, five years, uh, leaving the professional side aside... Um, I will be living in Australia. That's what I want to do. I want to relocate there and I want to travel the world. Not sure in, if it will happen in the next five years, which is probable, but, um, you know, 
in this in this life at some point i want to travel the world and i want to write a lot and i want to meet a lot of people and you're on my map by the way <laughs> oh for sure we'll just have to see who sees the first one first there you um, go <laughs> and uh, yeah i think you know one, one thing that we can even shout out as well is workout yeah yeah <laughs> well i have everything everything related to my work on workout and um it's it's interesting that you told me to you know you mentioned that we should make a shout out because it's absolutely free for everyone for god's sake you know any everyone can make a free advertisement of their business even though even if they're just a plumber don't don't take just as literal you know like belittling people but um I mean, even if you're a plumber or a taxi driver or whatever you have, you can put your, your job out there, um, you know, day, day laborers, I think. Um, even, even those people should put their, their gigs, everything that they can do, they should put out there um, under a worker profile. Um, and they can even build communities on the same, uh, you know, on, on the same uh, area and have shops. For instance, my, my book is uh, a digital shop. It's set as a digital shop, you know, and then you can have so many other things like the worker profile, the business. Uh, I think Shedwell is under the business profile, right, on WorkApp. Um, and then there's so many other, you know, options to explore. You can raise money. You can, um, you know, for charity, if you have uh, something, you can do events on WorkApp. So it's definitely something, you know, that resonates with me and my principles because it's free. And the main concept behind it is to give people commissions that they pay to have their business, you know, exposed by the others. And that was one concept that just drew me into it once I had um, the interview with Shane last year. Um, so yeah the same thing for you it's because i believe in shane and i believe in the concept he wants to democratize this he wants to take yeah. it out of the you know and and you can sell your house on there you can sell your car buy a car i mean you can do absolutely everything on there and no one has to pay a penny it's really just a beautiful model kind of a you know and we get to take it back to law of attraction that started as a thought in his mind he had a mm -hmm. thought why, why doesn't this exist and well let me make sure it doesn't no it really doesn't um let's create it and he raised raised quite a bit of money and you know, spend quite a bit of time to develop such an amazing platform. You know, you know what I think is tremendously interesting about WorkApp? Today I saw an ad that you can even sell yachts and planes on WorkApp, for God's sake. So how cool is that? I mean, it's not property. You can sell music records. You can sell whatever you want to sell there, rent, whatever. Do your yard sale. You know, I know that you guys have yard sales over there. So, yeah, it's... And he definitely started uh, off as, you know, based on the law of attraction and everybody believed that he was crazy. Um, but that's probably, you know, how law of attraction works that we're actually gathering up, you know, one next to each other and next to each other. And then we just expand this, this incredible circle of amazing people that are just there to help each other and that just, you know, are just looking to provide to provide value to each other. Um, let me ask you this in, in this regard. You had a huge ascending on LinkedIn just because you are providing so much value to people. But, um, you know, why did you, why did you go there in the first place? Were you looking for collaborations or were you looking, um, I believe that you are already in the process of building schedule, right? Oh, yeah. I've only been on LinkedIn for a year and uh, I've only been getting kind of, you know, noticed and getting getting, uh, you know, good traction and things like that for like six months now. And the reason that I got on there was to get customers and clients and prospects for Shedwell. That was it. Shedwell was already live on the market, um, you know, in a V1 when I launched. But I read a book by Gabriel Weinberg called Traction. And mm -hmm. it basically said there are only 12 possible traction channels. Every company falls into only one that'll work optimally for them most people don't test them all so they don't know which one is perfect and if you test them all do this and this and you can figure out your exact traction channel so i took it to heart and i tried them all and i realized social media was our traction channel and i realized that facebook and twitter and those platforms weren't converting 
we were getting some site traffic, but I wasn't I wasn't reaching the decision makers and I wasn't conveying the, the right uh, value proposition because people don't want to be told about business software on Facebook. You know, they're there to get away from work. Yeah. And so I, I realized, oh, LinkedIn must be where I need to be. And so I went there and I found the right people that could really in, impact my my career and our progress. And I spent some time watching what some of the other people that were getting a lot of traction um, were doing. And I started kind of just getting on their radar by liking and commenting on all of their stuff and being very deliberate. And I did, you know, my, my content eight, nine months ago was awesome. It really was. And you scroll back there eight, nine months and it's right there. And you see on there, there's like two likes, like three likes, yeah. you know, like 80 views, 40 views. And it's so crazy. And then once I started to take off, I was able to double my followers from 15,000 to 30,000 followers in the span of five weeks, uh, a couple months wow. ago. And now I just broke 40,000 followers yesterday and I'm on a cash course for 50,000. I'm adding a couple hundred followers a day right now. Um, you know, I'll break that 30,000 uh, first connections mark at the moment. Um, I actually have my assistant going through to like clean up who's on there that's not active so we can make room for more people that we actually, mm-hmm. you know, are going to going to want as first connections and have that, that layer of, uh, of communication with, but once I started to take off, it was really phenomenal. Next thing you know, I mean, I have posts that are getting hundreds of thousands of views and thousands of likes. And I think some of my bigger posts have gotten half million views and several thousand likes. And, you know, it's, it's just proof positive that people, people are hungry for, for community and people are hungry Mm -hmm. for value. And so I see so many people trying to do what I did and they put posts trying to tell people how to use LinkedIn. No, nobody wants to be told how to do something. It makes you feel stupid. People like to hear what's working for you and they like it to be salt and peppered with what you can do for them. Or, you know, so I, once I started shouting people out, it was a game changer. Right. I, I, I started the hashtag link tips and I do link tips to help people understand how to use LinkedIn better. But um, it's not just like a, a professor, professor type. Here's what you do. It's here's mm-hmm. what worked for me. I'd love to hear your thoughts or, you know, I tried this and it didn't work. People love that as well. They love just kind of the big picture and that authenticity. And I think putting videos out there lets people get to know you and get to know the real you and look in your eyes and hear your voice and get to understand, you know, to take it back to law of attraction, your vibration. When you put a video out, people can see your vibration, your frequency, your intention, your attention, your your passion. Um, people that just type or people that just share other videos from YouTube, you don't get that from them. And it's really difficult yeah. to really care about them as people. Whereas you or I, we put out videos where we probably have hundreds of thousands of people, you know, worldwide even that know who we are, that feel like they know us. You know, I don't even know half of their names. You know, people, I was out the other day, where was I? I was at a, it was kind of like a coffee shop meeting space in, in Chicago. Swear to God, somebody came up to me, oh my God, you're the guy from LinkedIn. So what do you mean? Oh. They, they, they said, I love your videos. They said, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I don't recognize you. I, you know, they said, oh no, we're not connected. I said, well, what do you mean? Some person in my own city that I'm not even connected with recognized me just from what I do on LinkedIn. And so, of course, so, well, you know, here's my card, reach out, and they linked in and now we're connected. But, um, you know, to have that recognition now is pretty, pretty wild. And, you mm-hmm. know, the money comes, but it's, it's not about money. You know, it's, um, it's really just about intention. And I think through that lens, um, LinkedIn has really opened my eyes to how much we can all help people worldwide just by caring and listening. And empathy is such a strong power. You know, we take it back to intention and vibration again. If you're vibrating in a frequency of empathy, there's a lot of good stuff that can happen, you know, to put it mildly. That's true. You, you've proven over time, you know, so much affection and so much, you know, just encouragement and support that just a few people do, unfortunately, show to the others these days. Um, but let me ask you this related uh, to, to my statement is um, because I, I previously, just before we, we started our call, I saw a video of someone that I've connected on LinkedIn with also about being genuine and communicating transparently online. Um, what, what made you, you know, just come out of your shell completely and just be yourself? Because it all, you know, boils down to being yourself. And people definitely resonated to you. And that's why you had such a huge, um, you know, ascending. And that's why you're making such a great impact on people, right? Because we're talking about having an impact by choice. So uh, how did you choose 
you know, to just be so transparent to everyone, especially on, on a business platform, right? It's, I think I got lucky because I didn't have any bosses. I didn't have any investors, <laughs> you know? So like, who's going to tell me not to? And what I really decided to do is cut through the noise. I wanted to make sure that whether you love me or hate me, you know who I am. I figured the more people that go to my profile and see that I'm CEO of Shedmo and see that the website Shedmo.com, well, at least go to the website, and if they have shift workers, they realize we can save them thousands or millions of dollars a year on optimized labor. I mean, it's, it becomes a really easy sales cycle. And I'm also, mm -hmm. I talk about this sometimes when I'm a terrible salesperson. I hate asking anybody for money at all. Um, I, I, I'm not a closer. Um, I, I don't like to sell people. I don't like to be sold to. It's not my, so now I have a director of sales who's amazing and he loves it. And, you know, if, if, if he gets you in, in his, uh, in his calendar, you're probably gonna end up buying from us at this point. Right. Like that's great. And, but for me, I don't like that. I was the waiter for 20 years. I'm used to people coming to me when they're hungry, when they've decided my food's the kind of food they want. And I, they're in my section. There's no sale. Literally my only sales cycle for 20 years was what can I get you for dinner? That's it. Like literally you want to eat, you're here, you, know, you, you can afford it. Like period. What do you, what do you want? You know? And if you need some recommendations, I can give it to you. How's the chicken? It's chicken, you know, like, but that was it. No sales. So um, I think for me, I decided I didn't want to be salesy on LinkedIn either. And all the people on LinkedIn that are so salesy, it never works. Yeah. I think, you know, people often want me to sell, and so I, I found really like sneaky ways to do it, like putting the video. It's like, hey, what do you guys think of the video? <laughs> well, the, the 20,000 people that, that saw it and the 400, 500 people that liked it and that commented on it, some of them have reached out and said, wow, I really need this. Uh, you know, get me signed up or, you know, can I do a demo or something like that? So it did work as a sales, you know, strategy to a degree, but like it still wasn't the intention. Right? Like I really just cared to know what people thought of the video. And it turns out that we made some sales off of that. So I think it really is psychological. But for me, I think I just, I wasn't handcuffed. And I really wanted to make sure that, that I was someone that people were hearing about or seeing. And um, it's really unfortunate not to bite the hand that feeds you. But uh, a lot of people are getting really disenchanted with LinkedIn right now. And one of the biggest reasons is they really seem on a lot of weird levels to favor white men. And it's really strange. If you take a look at most of the people, especially that are in groups that are supposed to do really well, they're almost all white men. You see a lot of African-American people, men and women with amazing content and decent sized fat followings. Their posts don't do nearly as well. You don't see them in your feed as much. If you go through your feed right now, you have African-American female connections that are amazing and you probably haven't seen their content in your feed for, for months unless you go to their profile. It's That's really... True. It's really bizarre. And I've talked to people that have worked there even, and there's no, you know, there's no document going around the company to say we, we prioritize white men. And it could be that there's so many more white men on the platform than minorities and women. But it really does just seem to be a little bit stacked ranked, just like the real world. And I'm not okay with that. So um, certain things I can't talk about quite yet because they're in the shadows. But um, I guess I'll just, you know, you, you talked about your program. I'll, I'll say that, that I'm in the process right now of putting together a business professional social media platform. Uh, we've got two influencers that represent well over a million um, followers that love them. And, and we believe that they're going to come on or they've, they've suggested that they might uh, want to come on and, and encourage all their followers to come with us as well. And I think uh, what I might try to do with that is either say that everyone except for white men can join the platform. So even being a founder, I, I might not even be able to have a profile. Or I might say that everyone that's not a white man, their, their, their stuff gets uh, prioritized. So if you're a white man, you can join and make content, but no one's going to see it, right? And just not even to be vindictive, but just to kind of try to restore homeostasis to a degree or just that equilibrium or just to give kind of voice to some of the people that have been misrepresented. And so a lot of these things are things that I'm very passionate about. I am a feminist. I am a globalist. I don't believe in, you know, um, any anyone being superior to anyone else or, or people right. acting like it even and you know so part of that's the, the humanitarian in me and the philanthropist in me some of it is just i think it's it's needed um in the business world and and more broadly in humanity and so you know be, being a ceo and and being a you know executive chairman and these things do afford me some liberties that i understand that everybody has there are people whose bosses check up on their linkedin so not everyone can go on and say you know i'm, I'm I'm a punk rocker that's, you know, used to sell drugs and, you know, like, you know, some people are like, oh, I could never say that. Like, well, I can, <laughs> you know, for whatever it's worth. And it doesn't make me better or worse, but it has, I think, um, helped me with my personal brand, just being able to be that 
authentic and, and real, you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. You have, you have quite some stories, Corey, to tell. It's, it's incredible, but unfortunately, I see that our time is come, kind of running out and your, your schedule is pretty busy. I want to thank you for taking this opportunity to share part of your human experience, you know, not just about business, uh, because that's what I'm trying to unveil, you know, the, the, the human side. Um, so I, all I wish you further on is abundance, <clears throat> abundance, greatness, and everything that it's good in this world to happen to you because you're such um, an amazing soul. So thank you once again, Corey, for, for being here. It's my pleasure. It's also my honor. And thank you so much for having me, my dear friend. Anytime, I'm always here for you. Hey, everybody. David here. Do you guys like science fiction? If so, I just released a novel. It's called Hurtling Toward a Home, A Story of Hope. It's set many hundreds of years in the future when Earth just couldn't support us anymore. We thought we had more time. We didn't take it seriously. We didn't listen to what was being said. And now we have to suddenly build ships and figure out a place to go, but where? So we decide to just go everywhere, to just send ships off in every direction that any scientist has ever said could potentially support human life give us the best chance of survival we're gonna try every planet so we built ships and loaded supplies and robots on them and shipped them ahead to try and prepare and test the planets uh, to make sure that they were suitable as we were building our fleet to leave for our great exodus from earth this particular story follows one ship the hope and one young man jonathan as he's always dreamed of living this life of adventure from what he's seen from old Earth movies and read in novels. And he longs for that type of, of an adventure. He longs to set foot on a planet. And yet, he is not. But after his 16th birthday, he gets sent off on a secret mission and an adventure that he never thought he would ever be able to live. I am so excited to share this journey with you guys, and I thank you guys for checking it out. Again, Hurtling Towards a Home, A Story of Hope, by David Calvert. Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead, and please, don't forget, smile at life, and life will smile right back at you.